coming up. It would have been a missed opportunity for your child to hear God speak. Makes me wonder. The times I wasn't paying attention to my son, perhaps. <laughs> what did I lose? What was missing? What didn't happen that could have? Because he gave his attention, his son heard the voice of God. That's a big deal. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. The role of a father is significant and has lasting impact. Regardless of the father you had or the father you've been, there are some great biblical examples to follow. Join us as Pastor Rob discusses various impactful aspects of being a father in the message, fatherhood, leadership, love, legacy, and life. Here's part two. This is not even Eli's boy, but he's a, he agreed for him to be with him all the time. And he was just a toddler when he got him. Time, fathers, time. Number two on your paper is attention. Attention. So, the story goes on. Samuel's hanging out with Eli all the time. He just hang from a toddler up, hanging out with the priest at the tabernacle. He's at church. His, Samuel is hanging out at church all the time. That's what she gave her son to, to God, be with God, all the, learn about God, learn what it means to serve God all the time. And Samuel says, come on, just hang out with me. I mean, Eli says, come on, hang out with me. So now, attention. So the boy is growing, getting older, learning more about God. And look what the text says, 1 Samuel 3, 7 through 10. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had not had a message from the Lord before. So here's the context. The, the, the scriptures in between the story tells us that Communication from God was scarce. He said visions were scarce at this during this period of time. Though Samuel was at the at the house, he hadn't had he hadn't heard God's voice. He hadn't had that direct communication with God yet. Think about when that was maybe your story. When you and even now, maybe you've been a, been in a dry spell and you just. God ain't, you know, haven't felt God speaking. So it says, that's where Samuel was. And it goes on and says, verse 8, so the Lord called a third time. So now, it's the third time the Lord is communicating with Samuel. The other two times, Samuel thought it was Eli talking to him. And so he had 
in the middle of the night. They were sleeping. They were trying to, Eli was trying to sleep. And Samuel came to him three times to wake him up and said, Lord, you called? What do you, what do you like me? What do you like of me? Three times. The third time he came and woke Eli up. <laughs> Come on, be honest. If your kid came and woke you up, you you have a conniption. Come on, be honest. And you <laughs> Come on, just be honest. Come on. But not Eli, though. Even though he was trying to sleep, he still gave his son, his adopted, if you will, son, his attention. And it says, uh, uh, so the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. See, if Samuel, if Eli was frustrated and was acting out his frustration for being bothered because he was trying to sleep, he wouldn't have come to the realization that it was God speaking to his adopted son. But not a, so it's not enough to just give your time, which is good, but during that time, you need to give your attention so that you can recognize what's happening in the life, mind, spirit, soul, emotions of your child. And oftentimes, and many of us have been there, that our parents or our father didn't recognize what we was feeling, thinking, how we were hurting, what was our challenge, even though they may have been present. But not Eli. He recognized it. And then verse 9, so he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls you again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before. Fourth call, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Well, one of the things I want you to grab here is because Eli gave his time and his attention he was able to lead his son to hear God speak. I'm going to say that again, brothers. I'm going to say it again, fathers. Because he gave his son attention, he was able to lead his child to hear God speak to him. Let's look at this the other way. What if he hadn't gave him his attention? He could have missed an opportunity for, it would have been a missed opportunity for your child to hear God speak. Makes me wonder. The times I wasn't paying attention to my son, perhaps. What did I lose? What was missing? What didn't happen that could have? But because he gave his attention, his son heard the voice of God. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. So it's not enough to just give your time. You got to give your attention. 
I remember when I used to call my father at work because he told me I could call him anytime. I remember how I used to feel as a kid. I would call. Sometimes his coworkers would pit up and they'd call me Little Scott. Little Scott, what's up? Little Scott? My chest would go out. You know, I would feel like you know, I, was, I was calling to speak to my dad. Oh, I'll get him for you, little Scott. I'll get him for you. And then dad's going, hey, son, how you doing? What's going on? Oh, I felt like, yeah. I felt like something. I felt loved, wanted, and accepted. Able to get his attention. And most of the time I would call, I would get him. Of course, he's at work. It wouldn't happen all the time. But it happened enough to make me feel special, feel like I had access to my father. It's a big deal that your children feel like they have access to you. The, second, the third example is legacy. Write that down, legacy. And the example we're going to look at is David and Solomon. And the first expression of that is instructions. Write that down. Number one is instructions. Instructions. So let me catch you up in the story here. God had wanted the temple to be rebuilt. And he had told David, you're not going to be the one to build it. Because you have blood on your hands. You're a man of war. And he didn't want him building it. So it was Solomon's job, David's son, to build the temple. And so here, David is having dialogue with his son about it all. And we pick up here, 1 Chronicles 28, 9 through 11. It says, and Solomon, my son, David talking, learn to know God. He given, he's leaving a legacy of instructions. He's leaving a legacy of instructions. And look what David says to his son Solomon. Because David's going to be getting out of here. You know, he's going to leave this, this life. Solomon's going to become king. He left a legacy of instructions. He says, learn to know God. The God of your ancestors intimately worship and serve him with your whole heart and willing and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. So take this seriously. Legacy of instructions. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple. As his sanctuary, be strong and do the work. And then David gave Solomon the plans for the temple and its surroundings. So look here, look, look at what, what look at, look at what, oh, this is something to learn here, y'all. Look at what David did. He left a legacy of instructions, and it was specific. Specific. And he gave him physical plans not only was the instructions going to it was 
these instructions was going to bless his son's life and ministry and calling. The instructions was going to help his son fulfill what God wanted him to do. That's big, y'all. This, this is an example of fatherhood. He, he gave him something. He gave his child something that was going to help his child live and live for God and do what God wanted him to do. And he gave it to him verbally and written. Let me make it make sense for you today. Some of the biggest problems that happen in family today is when a parent dies and there are no instructions. No instructions. Or a parent gets gravely ill and they are deemed not able to make decisions, but there are no instructions. And then the siblings start fighting over stuff because there are no instructions. Some siblings ain't talking today because they still mad at each other for, because of what happened after daddy or mama died without instructions. I know what I'm talking about, y'all. And I'm sure you've seen it or heard about it by now. It is important to leave a legacy of instruction. Number two. Inheritance, write that down. Inheritance. See, it's, it's about setting your, uh, your kids up for success, not failure, when you get out of here. That's what it's about. Okay. Instructions and inheritance. First Chronicles 29.2 says, Using every resource at my command, this is David talking, I have gathered as much as I could for building the temple of God. Now, we just talked about that day God had given Solomon the job of building the temple. And David says, I have done as best as I could to leave you with the, the physical stuff. The, the, in this case, it was gold. It was the materials, which was really money. He left him with the money, <laughs> the monetary stuff to do what God had called him to do. To his son to do. I called his son to do. He left him with it. It reads on. Uh, now there is enough gold, silver, bronze, iron, and wood, as well as great quantities of onyx, other precious stones, and costly jewels, and all kinds of fine stone and marble. So David says, I did as best as I could, and I gave you enough to get it done, what God wants you to do. Wouldn't that bless your heart? Huh? To, to know that your child, when you're gone, they will have enough, not just to make themselves happy. I'm talking about that. No, to do what God wants them to do. To do what God wants them to do. It's about setting our children up to succeed, not fail. Amen. 
You may not have done a good job of that right now, but you can decide right today, I'm going to start today to do the best I can to set my children up for success when I'm gone. You can start today and just do the best you can. Be intentional about doing the best you can. That's what David did for his son Solomon. The last example, write this down, is concerning life, life, life. And we're going to look at Jairus and his daughter as an example. And the first thing you want to do uh, for life is to set them up or to leave, um, to demonstrate is health, health. Write that down. Number one is health, health. Fatherhood is about working toward health of your children. Health. Mark 5 through 21 through 24 says this. Uh, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. Oh, so here, Jairus tells us what's going on. His daughter is sick and dying. And Jairus gets to Jesus and pleads. For his daughter's life. Question. Fathers. Are you pleading to God. For the life. The health. Of your children. Pleading. That's what Jairus did. He was serious about his daughter's physical health. And he was going to do whatever he could. Don't take your children's physical health for granted. Do all you can to make sure they're physically healthy. Number two, the second expression of life and fatherhood is faith. Write that down. Faith. Faith. Mark 5, 35 through 36 says, while he was still speaking to her, this was Jesus now. Okay, let's back up a little bit. Jesus is going with Jairus to Jairus' house. While he was on the way, the woman with the issue of blood interrupted everything, and she had an issue and problem, and a healing took place. So what is talking about Jesus, while Jesus is still talking to the woman with the issue of blood, while he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. 
they told him, your daughter is dead. There is no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them, saying, them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just have faith. So an element of providing life for your children is that you have faith. You have faith. In this case, it was physical life and also spiritual life. We want our children to have faith. But we got to have it, though. We can't lead them to where we're not going. This is an interesting issue here. It's interesting because Jesus told Jairus, after hearing from the messengers that his daughter had died, Jesus says, don't be afraid. Just have faith. He's saying there's these two competing things of fear and faith. Fathers, I know you got some fears. Fathers, I know you got some fears related to your children. Fathers, I know you have fears. Jesus says, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Now look, in the text, in the text, there's a reason. There's a reason that Jairus should have faith. It's just not an idea or a whim or suggestion. There's a reason. Because he had asked Jesus, come, my daughter's dying. Remember, we just read that. And Jesus went with him. So Jesus had already indicated to Jairus that I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. So now the messengers come and say, your daughter's dead. And obviously, Jairus started to get a little afraid. But Jesus said, remember, I've already said, I was with you. You asked me already, and I let you know that I was with you. In fact, not only did I, I indicate it with word, but I'm walking with you to your house. We are on the way to your house. So don't be afraid. Just believe. And we run into this debate in our minds and our spirits about fear and faith. Jesus says, don't be afraid. Just have faith. We got to let faith shine in our lives so our children can see it. So Jesus, Jairus, 
Jairus, Jairus made sure he introduced his daughter to Jesus. I'll say that again. Jairus made sure he introduced his daughter to Jesus. She couldn't come to Jesus. And for some of us, we may have children who won't come to Jesus. Just take a page out of Jairus' book then and take Jesus to them. He went to Jesus and said, come. Jesus said, I'll come. In fact, you can just take Jesus to them in you. Maybe if they saw more Jesus in you, they would want to come to that Jesus, not that other knucklehead that I see. But he made sure he introduced his daughter to Jesus. And Jesus went, as the story goes on, and healed her and brought her back to life. So what are you doing to get Jesus to your children? If we're going to demonstrate fatherhood in these four examples of leadership, love, legacy, and life, we can look at these examples. And you can do it as a father figure, as Jethro did it, as Eli did it. You could do it as a father, a biological father, as Jairus did it. And as David did. Leadership, love, legacy, and life. God bless you. You've been listening to One by One. Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sins? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin. And I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control. Transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. When we talk about gospel, all we're really talking about is good news. Yeah. We're, just, we're just talking about good news. Right. And in this case, it's, it's good news relative to Jesus Christ. So I want us to understand that there will be 
some people who are going to come try to confuse you with a different gospel. Thank you for listening.